in three, two, one. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Spurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. <clears throat> Andy, great weekend, man. What a weekend. <laughs> great weekend, man. Look, yeah, elephant in the room, like... All the all the nice DMs and tweets and pictures of slips that we got. Like, I don't. I mean, we we met Mike. We've had him on the podcast in, in a previous derby. Yeah, it's it was awesome that uh, we ended up getting the right guest who had the right idea about the right horse in the derby, and everybody won. Like, yeah. uh, I, that's the credit we can take. But again, it was it was awesome that uh, you it's know awesome that we nailed one. You know what they say. Go look. Think about what you where you what you won on the draft. Think about what you won on the derby, and think about the old saying: "It's not what you know; it's who you know." And really, that's all it kind of boils down to. Because you can't be an expert in everything. Um, it was good to have a little NFL back in our lives. We fancy ourselves sort of at the left end of the the right end of the bell curve when it comes to the NFL. Both. <laughs> I guess we're mostly in the right end of the bell curve, but uh, yeah, the um, uh, it was it was cool to talk to a couple of uh, insiders, get some scoop, get some good bets down, and uh, Medina Spirit hitting the Derby was just freaking awesome. Uh, cryptocurrency is ripping question. today on top of everything yeah. else. It is just, things are just going so smoothly right now. It's I'm 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 ready for the regression. Honestly, <laughs> it's gonna give it back to someone. Drew's gonna get hit by a car today on the ride home or something. Like walking out to the parking lot, just stung in the leg by a Volvo. Dude, running too hopefully, good right now. Hopefully, the regression isn't that bad. But no, I mean, didn't you? And this this is my feeling. Regardless of who I listened to, who I read, who I talked to about the anything, I think, and I, I guess I'll just leave it to horses. I would not have bet as much as I did on a 12 to 15 to one horse without Mike kind of really giving me the confidence. Cause like, I guess I've been talked into horses like that, but mm -hmm. I would have probably played it for a smaller stake sure. and been on some favorites as well. And really like, that's the horse I played. I played yeah. that and I played a few other in some very small exotics. So yeah. like that that home the home stretch where it was one, two, three, four, and they were kind of in that that diagonal. I mean, I was clinched. Dude. My wife was mad at how loud I yelled. And <laughs> well, first of all, Mandaloon was in perfect position. Wow. I yes. thought he was gonna get him uh coming around that final oh, turn. Sure. Uh and then if the race had been half a furlong longer. Essential quality was coming on like a damn freight train, <laughs> and he was going to get him. Uh, so the fact that he, you know, Medina Spirit held on uh, was just awesome. And uh, again, you know, it's one of those where you're probably not going to get a lot of chances in your lifetime to bet the only bad Bobford horse in a race that is, you know, that you know one one bad bad uh, Bob Baffert horse ran the Derby and the Oaks, and he was a double digit price and that's probably not going to happen again in our life so that was pretty cool <laughs> but no good good derby run good nfl draft let's let's pivot and talk about the draft i guess just a couple quick thoughts on the derby and the horses uh the draw is going to matter a lot for the preakness um there's going to be some faster horses in that race it looks like uh and um it's a shorter race though so there's yeah, going to be a little lengths, bit of trade-off yes. But you're sure as sure shit ain't getting a 12 to 1 on Medina Spirit in the Preakness. Um, and then if Medina Spirit somehow magically wins the Preakness, um, he's going to be chewed up and spit out in the Belmont. It's just so much longer of a race and too much of a layoff after the Preakness. So Medina Spirit, maybe one more magical run in him. Uh, and that's the end of the road there. Uh, I'm going to maybe get a good price on essential quality in the Belmont because, like I said, I, if the race had been Belmont length, I think a central quality wins going away. <clears throat> NFL draft. Yeah, Cat Cato River will be back in. So it's, Concert tour too, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot faster race. And um, the NFL draft, I guess my biggest hot take, and I don't think it is a hot take, 
is the the argument that ensued over the what the Bears did. And I don't, and I, I mean, this is the thing I've been trying to get off my chest. I didn't even tweet about it because I didn't know how to say it right in, in that amount of characters. But what they gave up was a ton. Like people like, oh, Gettleman's a genius. He fleeced him. I think the Bears, and again, where we, we, had, we had this conversation in a DM group, like where the Bears GM is. He has to make a play to save his job. And this, you know, this could save his job if he hits on this. And he was really, small stack, had to go all in. Had, you had to go had all to. in. Had to. Because if if you pick a middling quarterback or pick up another free agent, or God for sake, go with Andy Dalton for all year, you're, you're going done. to get fired. So you're if done. this doesn't hit, you're going to get fired. You're going to get fired either way if if it doesn't work out. So if it does work out, you just bought five more years of a pretty cushy job. So I get it. But also at the same time, like, Aside from Nagy's position, Nagy, excuse me, um, Pace and Nagy, I guess the whole the whole franchise. Aside from their position of not being in a you know position of power regarding their employment statuses going forward, I still liked it. I still think the way we graded Fields, the way other smart people graded Fields, and the fact is that if if you hit on this, not only does it save some jobs, but it doesn't matter what you gave up. It just doesn't. It really, you can say, oh, they got fleeced and they gave up a, a first rounder. Like, if you hit on a quarterback and it works out, and I, I shouldn't throw out like Peyton Manning or something, but like a legitimate 10 to 15 year starter who wins games, who has, you know, a, a decent career, like, it doesn't matter if you gave up. That's worth two or three first rounders. Those are so hard to find. Those are, they're very, very difficult to find. So I don't give a shit what they gave up. I liked what the Bears did. That said, hopefully, you know, the Drew's theory, Drew's conspiracy theory about Nagy just kind of sabotaging Mitch to try to get a new quarterback was good. And we get 28. If you're a Bears fan, if you're backing the Bears, if you want to see the Bears hit their win total, make the playoffs again, you, you definitely want 18 Nagy back. Because yeah. that was a guy who knew what he had in the, the quarterback. Place. Run the good yeah, place. He, ra- he ran the good place. So I, you know, hope springs eternal in uh, the Windy City this spring and summer, I think. Yeah, you know what else? Um, the fact that it was Fields that they landed instead of Jones was huge yeah. because the Bears, if you look at their roster, their offensive line is still super, super suspect. And there's going to be a lot of pressure. And the fact that you now have a guy that can you know, make something happen with his legs under pressure instead of a Mac Jones type of uh, you know stand in the pocket and just get absolutely walloped and probably get injured. Um that's huge for potentially winning games this year and making this investment in this time window uh, keep you employed. And I agree with you. I think, you know, there's for sure there's talent. Nagy knows Nagy's Nagy is he's got he's got good stuff in his book. Um, the you know, the uh, I mean, I guess it was a drop. It wasn't Mitch's fault. But the you know, the, the play that they ran, the misdirection play that they ran against the Saints. Uh, yeah. where they went deep that one time. Um, run that once a game with Fields. Yeah. Run that once a game with Fields. He's going to make those throws, and uh, and you're going you're gonna to have some home run potential now, which the Bears have not had for a long time. So it's pretty cool. I thought the Bears, ultimately, I get what they did. I don't, I don't have any, any question, any problem at all giving them pos- you know, some positive dap for their draft overall. Um, I like the offensive linemen they got, too. They got uh, the kid yeah. from Oklahoma State who slid into the second round. Um, he's going to be a, a year one starter. He'll be a starter. He'll be a, he'll be a starter this year for you. And you, your offensive line was bad. You needed him. Um, I thought he, you know, like, you know, if we want to flip the script a little bit, um, talk about a team that took a meaningful step backwards in the likes of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they should have taken that kind of guy in the first round instead of Najee Harris, in my opinion, just because, um, their offensive line is also bottom five. Well, in the NFL. Sure. What if you had a Mac Jones type? But he was like 20 years older and had been hurt like 75 times throughout his career. Would you try to improve your offensive line? I would. I would. Yeah, yeah I would. Uh, and on top of that, what if you were like the 32nd best running team last year? And most of that was because your offensive line couldn't create holes or space or get a push or win 1v1 in the trenches ever. Uh, and I would also try to improve my offensive line, and the Steelers did not do that, and that was a swing and a miss for them. Uh, I can see this going very poorly for them. There, this, the, if you had to say, give me one team that has the greatest delta between their wins in 20, 
2020 and 2021, it is the Steelers, and it's not close. They're going to go from what? what were they a 13-3, 14-2? 12, I believe. 12-4. and four. They didn't lose four games. They were undefeated until like week they win 11 and 0 and then I think they went like one they went like one and four to close, oh, man. Really? They finished 12 and 4? Oh, that's wild, I, man. Oh, I, they were I, 12 and 4. Holy shit. All right. Well, their delta yeah, from it, 12 is gonna be like they, they I could see this being like a five and the five and thirteen, Ooh. five and twelve, five and twelve. Yeah. That's the kind bad. of a <laughs> turn turnabout on this. So the Giants did make a, I mean, answering the phone and saying yes to that was the right call. Like you got yes. a good haul, but what did you think of the Tony pick? I didn't like it. Hated it. Um, and then the real in reality, their whole first one got kind of, you know, their whole round one got uh, uh, spun on its head because the, they, again, Dave Gettleman, not a poker player, not, a very good keep your cards close to your vest kind of guy. He was on record with how much he loved Devonte Smith, which meant once the Eagles saw Sertan or Horn go, Sertan go, and they were like, "Okay, well, our top two cornerbacks are gone. There's a huge gap to the next tier of cornerbacks. Our top two wide receivers are gone. There's one guy left before a huge gap until our next tier of wide receivers." And we know the Giants are going to take Smith if he's there at 11, so we won't get him. Like, we must make this trade up to 10. And the fact that the Cowboys facilitated it was surprising because they really did them a solid. I mean, they did the Eagles a solid, uh, helping them get one of the top-tier wide receivers slash cornerbacks, which were their two obvious glaring needs. Um, and Smith was a decent pick there. But what was funny is if the Giants weren't outwardly uh, clear and transparent that how much they love Smith. I don't think the Eagles pull the trigger on that deal. And then I don't know that I don't know that the that the Giants even entertain a, dra a, a, a a swap, right? So to a degree, the Giants, yeah, they made the right decision after the fact, but their process was flawed in that they tipped their hand to their division rival who traded traded into the spot and took the player that they wanted. And so then they're left, well, we still are we're damn determined to address the wide receiver position so that we can you know make it clear to our franchise we made a great choice with Daniel Jones. We're giving him all the opportunity to succeed. Well, we'll take the best wide receiver on the board and that's Tony? <laughs> Tony, yeah, I thought Ooh. maybe <clears throat> Bateman, Elijah, something in there, but Ooh. Yeah, Tony. Tony was surprising. It cost me a couple bets, which hurt. It basically gave back all my bears to draft a quarterback winnings because I had gone deep on Bateman over Tony. Um, yeah, mm. it, it was it was something, and it, it was a unique situation with three, um, you know, three divisional teams so tightly packed in the draft, and not only tightly packed, but with like such heavy overlap on needs. Like two out of the three teams really needed a corner. Two out of the three teams really, I mean, all three teams needed a wide receiver, essentially. Like, uh, not there are two out of three teams, you know, the Cowboys aren't drafting one, but the Eagles and Giants needed wide receivers. And like the, the weird overlap between the needs made it, made it interesting. I thought there'd be a trade. I thought maybe the Eagles would trade up with, uh, I think my mock had them trading with the Lions, with the Lions being in the spot they had. But it was, uh, I don't think it was bad by on Gettleman. Like, maybe we're not good at, you know, evaluating talent and Tony turns out just fine, but maybe Tra Trask sucked and maybe, you know, Pitts took a lot of heat off Tony and he's not good against NFL cornerbacks. So that might turn out to be a total bust. And then he could totally redeem himself by having somebody fall to him next year. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting trying to grade these trades because so much like, a really, really big part of the trade is next year's first. Like that's massive. Yeah. That can be and, middle yeah. of the pack pick again. Yeah, and obviously you want to scoop a team's first who you think is going to be bottom ten. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you don't want to scoop. You know, getting you know you know the getting uh, uh, the Niners. You know, first for the future that the Miami Dolphins did might not even be uh it might not even be that big of a positive. So we'll see. Um, but that's okay. Um, uh, well, I don't know. Do you want to address the Marvel trailer? Yeah, Vegas Refund is asking about, are you referring to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? I've seen the trailer. I want to see the movie. Yes, agreed. Marvel aficionado. Um, yes. Thank you, Andy. Um, the, uh, a couple of the thoughts. The, um, uh, 
the what I guess what walk me through the the uh, the day of the draft uh, with the Trey Lance market shift uh, and let's take and actually even beyond that take a step back week ago two weeks ago we kind of got to the point where we threw up our hands and we said this market should be plus 200 plus 200 plus 200 like yep. any any price better than plus 200 just bet it like no one fucking knows like they may not even know right like we kind of had, had gotten to that point with the process right um walk me through your day of draft uh with the trey lance market for the niners and then the actual um calling of the number three pick ultimately i had originally bet mac over three and a half at like plus 140 that was a bet that's when they were actually taking bets on this not a month ago <laughs> when you know you you could you couldn't really get down so like i felt good about that because i said it was fields and then my second bet, doubling down on that, essentially I took a bet and split it here, was Fields goes to the Niners. Now, I did not bet Fields goes three. I bet Fields goes to the Niners because it paid like five cents more. Sure. I remember it was like 170 and 175 or something, maybe 10 cents. So I remember my wording was not. So I essentially I didn't have Fields to go three. I had him going, that, which is pretty much the same thing unless some sure. disaster chaos scenario. So, and we'd said, all right, we give up. It's going to be Mac. And then the weird late steam come in. And then literally like 15 minutes before the draft, somebody who we trust, somebody we love, big, big ups to this guy said, hey, it's, it's Fields. I got a guy. He's, it's for sure. You know, he's very confident. I said, I'll, I'll put the trust in it because he's, you mean Lance? You know, or yes, it's Lance. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I mean, a lot of places were hanging like minus 200. And I found a couple of places that still had minus one ten. So, mash, mash, mash as much as it let me. And then, and then you know, seven o'clock central rolls around, and the draft doesn't actually start. Twenty minutes later, we get a pick, and then you know, another twenty minutes till the third pick. That's finally when it's like, all right, this is where it starts for me. And I set my phone down so I couldn't see you know tipped picks or DMs popping up. And I waited for I waited for them to say it on the TV, and that was. It was the beautiful start because, you know, obviously I lost on the, the plus money fields bet, but Mac over three and a half cashed and those late bets on Trey cashed and we we're on our way to a de- It was basically like that wasn't, you know, a strong position the whole time, but it ended up being at the end. And then JC Horn, JC Horn unders, once that got there, I think we, we were kind of in the clear. Green. It was a green day after that. And honestly, you know, why it was a green day after that. Um, horn and horn buddy, first defender horn that was first a, corner. That, that was why but our buddy ben solak we, we talked about that with him uh benjamin solak uh, again a great uh insight it would reflecting back he was also like lance's the you don't make this move for mac you make it for lance like he was ahead of the curve on that by a long shot too so so uh hats off to him um but uh the best number i got on horn first defensive player was plus 750 <laughs> i didn't i didn't have the good. i didn't have the balls to play it because <clears throat> i already had i had a bunch on him under 13 and a half at a good price i paid like minus 15 on that couple weeks ago you know or mm. when it first started rolling out and mass and then I ended up playing him first corner to come basically just, I mean, you were doing a, a matchup versus Sertan pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So I played that for plus 250-ish, somewhere around there. And I said, all right, enough's enough. I'm, I'm already leveraged pretty heavy on Horn. So I, I regret it because I said it on Brown Bag Bets. I said, I don't even mind maybe some first defender off the board because it might just be here's the first two corners and Parsons and basically I don't think any edge rushers or D linemen were ever, or obviously a safety were ever in contention to be the first defender. So it, it was really between who likes which cornerback better. And did they take him before a linebacker goes? So yeah. Uh, yeah. kudos to you. Yeah. That was a nice bet. Um, question for you about putting the bow on the Lance San Francisco's deal. Um What's your what's your gut? Was it originally they traded up for Mac and then they changed their mind during the process, nope. or was it always Lance? It was always Lance. It's the yeah. the the meme of the astronaut with the gun. Yeah, they traded up for Lance. They traded up for Lance. Always has been. Always has been. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and yeah. you know what? That that out of everything, like we gave Mike so much some kudos. We gave yeah, Benjamin yeah. Solak some kudos. Yeah. The most kudos, the massive kudos, go to the 49ers for keeping that quiet. 
Because I honestly do think that's that was their guy. We we had the picture up. I mean, we had the picture of him looking at looking at Lance that day at the like. I remember that making me nervous. Like, oh my god, did yeah. you see the way he looked at Lance? Yeah, that yeah. did make me nervous. And yeah, if they if that truly and we'll never know a hundred percent, but in my heart of hearts, I believe they traded up for the guy they took and they kept it a secret, which was wild. <laughs> and the fact that they there were so many reports that said it was Mac Jones, and the fact that we know the Niners like to engage in spycraft, uh, should have told you it was always between Lance and Fields, and ultimately Lance was the pick. Um, Niners, we, we do have to talk the Cowboys quick. Niners to win the West, though, before we move off. What what price are we getting right now? I'm already locked in. I bet it before when they made the trade at like plus two seventy five. What's the uh, price now? I'm, I'm going to check right now. I'm going to I'm going to pop a couple books up. Okay. Maybe somebody will beat me yeah. to it. But okay. there, there were a handful of teams that after it was all said and done on uh, on Saturday, I looked back over their draft boards and I really, really, uh, I I am yeah, you know with Jimmy G maybe they didn't trade him. Well, that's the thing. Like there is there is something to be said for. Uh, weighing your window of opportunity to win it all with, uh, you know, is this kid ready? Cause he's an FCS player who didn't play a ton of games. Like there, there is some, Hey, let's sit him down a few games behind Jimmy or a year behind Jimmy. That would be interesting. I'd rather see him just, uh, just go. I think I would well, like to see what they have. Like, so let's figure yeah. out what we have here. It, it could be an Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes year. Jimmy G wins the West. And Plus loses in the playoffs, and then Smith is fire away next year. I mean, yeah. then Lance is fire away next year. Um, okay, so I got, but I got a good number there. Two seventy five is down to two ten. Okay, yeah, um, two ten. The uh, the there were a couple teams though on on Saturday. I'm looking back where I really was just left scratching my head. It's like, what was the vision here? Like, what were we trying to do here? You know, what what was the plan? Where did it all go wrong? Uh, we mentioned the Steelers, which I still am scratching my head over. Uh, you know, why you fail to address the offensive line position in any meaningful way. Um, but the other one who swung hard and hit into a double play was the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Cross-sport analogy. I like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Their defense stinks. And you know what? They drafted more defensive players in this draft than they have ever drafted before as a franchise. And it's still not looking like they're going to have big improvements. We talked a little this morning on Brown Bag about uh, defensive rookie of the year. I should almost pull those odds up. Parsons is favored. Which, <sighs> and I, I wanted your take on this because I brought him up and I, I said the defense might stink so bad that it's going to be hard to, you know, get excited about a guy, even if he does end up with a, a decent amount of tackles. It's like, oh, but this defense stinks. It's not like the the Redskins last year, the Washington football team, excuse me, that like, oh, this defense is fun. They're exciting. They're getting after the quarterback. And, you know, sacks are always more exciting than, oh, he had 120 tackles. Like, oh, good for him. That's that's super exciting. But the other part was, too, I had both ends of the spectrum. Uh, I believe it was a Wosu Koamura that went to the – was that he went to Cleveland in the second round. He was like second favorite. And it's like, if you're not the best edge rusher or pass rusher on the team, I don't know if that suits you very well for rookie of the year either. If you're playing second fiddle to a guy, whereas, uh, you know, last year we had that he was clearly, you know, sweat was good. There was other good pieces, but he was the best. So yeah. defensive rookie of the year, I started looking at some of these edge guys and there's some decent numbers, seven, eight, nine to one. I think we should get into some of these award markets next week. Okay. Let's let me, let me think about it a little bit more because yeah. right. I mean, right away, forget <laughs> about the corners. <laughs> this is good. What do yeah, they have? That's right. Yes, Five I, off the whole yes seriously. Seriously. What was the vision? What are we doing? Our, what are we doing? I really don't get it, man. Um, I think you know who else you have to give some consideration to for DROI is um, Jalen Phillips. He's going to get some. He'll get some fat sacks for Miami. He'll be he'll be pretty pretty damn decent. Um, really, if anyone can if anyone can rack sacks, they're going to beat out a linebacker. If we don't think that any meaning any of the pass rushes are going to get the opportunity, then we just have to pick the linebacker we think is going to get the most tackles. Uh, and I think we completely rule out cornerbacks because it's just too tough to adapt in one year and be that impactful at the cornerback position. Yeah, it was Quiddy Quiddy Pay seven fifty, Jalen Phillips nine to one, and Collins at like twelve to one were some things I was looking at. 
Yeah. Um, I, again, I think we also have to circle a defense that we think is going to be good enough to warrant giving them an award. You know, yeah. like that's always part of the voting process, which is kind of stupid. Um, but that said, uh, some other teams that really left me scratching my head. Um, Mike Mayock, Vegas Raiders. Really good uh, mocker. <laughs> uh, what is the vision there? I mean, it will not shock me at all if the Raiders are now like three, four win team. I mean, this is a really, really sketchy roster. Um, the offensive lineman they took in round one was a wild reach. Um, they made up for it a little bit by getting a safety who slid. This TCU guy was expected to be safety one. Um, but safety is not a position that meaningfully swings your defense, good or bad. And there was plenty of guys available in free agency. If that's a part of your roster you wanted to improve, you didn't need to use round two capital there, buddy. Um, and, you know, ultimately it just it, it feels like the Raiders are one of the lesser. I guess as I look across the uh, as I look across the AFC now, um, the Houston Texans are clearly the least talented roster. Period. Clearly. And if Deshaun Watson is out for whatever reason, they are might be one of the least talented rosters we've seen take the football field in a long time. The Raiders are number two in terms of least talented, I have to say. I would put the Jags ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, I would put the Jets ahead of them. <laughs> uh, I would put the Bengals for ahead sure. of them. Um, and Mayock has had a shit ton of draft capital the last three years and now you look at this roster and this is what you got like it's a bad scene there um i don't i you know, don't wish I, I just i don't know if he was if it was the right move for him to move out of media into a front office position and be given that type of responsibility yeah. um yeah it sure there, was there, apparently there was a there was a really juicy eight out there but this has moved to a juiced over seven. It's going to keep going. It's seven. And I would still bet seven. You can get seven at even money right now. That's still a bet. It's going to keep going. Yeah, I would expect that to keep moving. Yeah, because um, not not only like the offense likely takes a step back, but like the defense will continue to just stink out loud. And yeah, the, the, the reaches that were made, not only do they have to absolutely hit for them to even – think about sniffing six seven wins like it's just yeah. I, I don't see how they improve and yeah write it down in pen oh and six even even if it's lock man they might not be the, they might not be the <laughs> and if rogers if rogers ends up in broncos like there's two like yeah they, they're facing one of the toughest divisions if rogers moves over there Christ. what a great segue what a great segue what in the fuck is going on in green bay what the fuck? What is going on? What was this draft? What you know? How do you not keep your MVP, multiple MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback, franchise cornerstone satisfied? And I, 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 I guess ultimately I will believe it when I see it that Rodgers is actually moved, actually dealt. Um, but now that the draft has come and gone, you're going to get pennies on the dollar for him. In terms of a rebuild, like what in the world is happening in Green Bay? What's your read on this? Ownership. It's terrible ownership. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, I don't know what management what is doing there. The I, would, uh, I would be mad. Yeah, owners meeting at the uh, owners meeting at the VFW. I would be mad at yeah, definitely management, GM, everything about that. Like, <clears throat> it's like it's like they're going out of their way to piss them off. Like when you when you're fighting with your wife or something, and you just you have to like say something snide, like a little, just like oh, why did I do that? Now the fight's gonna be like two hours longer. Like they're just uh, doing that. It's that like is, it's yeah, it's like they're very, going very out of their way to make him angrier. Like it's like the guy that nudges you, like, Shh, I'm trying to get fired. Like <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what's going on. Like you have again. We, we spoke about this with uh, with Fields. We said like if he ended up being hitting on this it's the greatest capital you can have as a team a quarterback that can play for 15 years at a high level that's the greatest gift of all like if you have that gift and you just take it and just shit it away like this i i don't know why 
like if they don't like him, if they're just like, well, and again, like there's, I've had coworkers I don't like. I don't sabotage them and try to get them fired. Like if they're <laughs> contributing, well, you know, maybe if they suck, but I mean, if they're contributing, I'm like to your the only team, coworker, <laughs> no, like at, at other jobs. Oh, okay. okay you know, okay. you know, but I'm okay. saying like, you know, I can, I could hate a coworker. I could dislike everything about them. Sure. They could be a vile person, but if they're contributing to the team and they're not bothering me enough. Like whatever, like they're he's contributing so much to this this organization. Like he's he's a high end contributor, and yeah, yeah, the do not take last, personally. Last yeah, last year's um draft, this year's draft, all the free agency non signings, and uh, I, I'm I'm flummoxed, I'm puzzled, I'm perplexed, and I'm at a loss for words. Even though I've been talking for two minutes, yeah. I don't know. Like we're gonna find out if it's. If there, it'll be interesting. Do you remember the Jared Allen trade? I brought this up with P, uh, PFF Eric the other day. I do. So yes. I don't yes. know if I get. I don't know if I can get the details quite right, but he was a. He got in some trouble. He got a couple Deweys. Yeah. And he he shaped up. He cleaned up his life. He stopped the drinking, but he and he told our, the organization, the Chiefs, that he was going to do that. Yeah. And then he found out that they'd secretly had like somebody following him, keeping tabs on him. I remember and they this, said they yeah. wouldn't. And he was so mad. And behind closed doors, he said, you trade me or I'm just done. I'm not playing for you ever again. And then the Vikings like got Jared Allen the next day or whatever. And, like, him, yeah. and, and, and it, it ended up being a decent trade with the picks that the Chiefs got. They got some good players. But it was like, how did we just trade for like a really high end edge rusher in the weird part of his career like what what just happened then it came out like i i feel like something beyond what we already know is going to come out when this all settles and we're going to find out like that goot neck are you saying aaron Rodgers has some secrets in the closet i'm trying to i'm trying to read between the lines here i'm not sure i get what you're that's that's where i don't i don't even know where i'm landing with this i'm just saying something weird might come out afterwards and I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm dying to know. And I'd love to. And again, uh, thanks to uh, we've had Cleve TA on, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure of it. Um, Strategy about the super contest with him. He, yes, that's what it was. He convinced me to play some small futures on the Broncos when we thought they might get Watson. So I have Broncos seventy-five to one to win the Super Bowl and twenty to one to win the division. That was good for some for some small. You know they weren't they weren't taking a lot. It was like bet online. You know in February, but you could get a little on it. And you know those numbers are a lot shorter with the rumors. But I would think if they go with Locke, those numbers go back to the original levels. The market seems to be pricing this like it's fifty-fifty, which I have a tough time swallowing. What do you make it? Yeah, I I, I would say maybe ten. I'm not betting the, and again, you could probably bet like 25 bucks in this anyway, but I wouldn't <laughs> bet the Broncos at plus 200. That implies it happens a third of the time. No. I'm at the 15, maybe 20% of the time. Like, but that he goes to, to the Broncos as opposed to yes. just gets dealt. Okay. Cause that, I, I feel like getting dealt is like 90, 10. I think he's retiring if he doesn't. I think he's legitimately mad. He's got money in the bank. I don't think it's not like he's hurting for money. money, man. That's, that He's got the Jeopardy gig lined up, baby. I guess I got to think about this a little harder. I'm, I, it, to me, it's just. All it right, seems... no, I'm going to stop you here. So, yeah, any any other quarterback player, NFL player, I would 100 percent agree with you. Like, all right, they can't be this stubborn. This guy hasn't spoke to his family for like a decade. I think he's got the stubborn in him. I think he's got enough stubborn to walk away from that much money. If he's if he's truly that stubborn about things in life, I could think I think he could stand up and call the Packers, you know, bluff and just call it a career. Okay. Um, if so the Packers, I, I'm I'm dying. Yeah, I'm dying to know how this plays out. And I really did think it was going to play out during the draft because that's when you trade him. I think. So tell me, t- tell me about you. Give, you grade grade me on this strategy because I we were talking. I was talking to our friends that you better you bet. Uh, great daily radio broadcast, Nick Costos and Lockie Lockerson. And they basically were like, you know, they, they lined this wins total and NFC North futures market. Like it's 50, 50, right? <laughs> Damn it. Let's go. He's more of a family feud guy than jeopardy guy. That is a very good point, Sam. Um, the, uh, but the, uh, they lined it like it's 50, 50 and they let the market work itself out. I feel like there's an edge now both ways. I feel like you can attack 
Packers win total under and attack Packers still win the NFC North and hit both. Is that insane or am I am I on to something here? Because let me I'll make the full case. Yep. The rest of the NFC North sucks. That's part one. <laughs> so even if it's love, golf, cousins, a rookie. Golf, cousins, a rookie with a shitty offensive line. Exactly. You got it. Um uh the um the part two, you know, even with loves, you still have a chance. If Rogers ends up ends up, you know, starting week one then this goes back up to like minus 400, right? Um, and then win total under, because even with Rodgers, their schedule is hard as shit, hard as shit. And they have got done nothing to add to their talent in two straight drafts. There's going to be some deterioration here in terms of quality of play for the Packers. There's going to be some, uh, some, some regression here. Um, I still am not sure I totally buy into this coaching. Uh, and you know, again, with the, again, two, they've had two seasons of very, very soft schedules. Now their schedule is very hard. Um, I feel like eight and seven can win them the NFC North and also cash and under wins total. Is that crazy? It is because that's only 15 games. What did I say? Eight and seven. I meant, yeah. I meant nine and eight. <laughs> I'm going to do that <clears throat> all off season. So, mo- are, are you seeing nine and a half? I'm seeing mostly nine flats. Oh, really? So yeah, it's it's down at nine. So like I agree with you. It's not a dumb it's oh, a Polish. I looked middle. earlier, I saw a nine and a half. It's, it's not a Polish I think middle. you it, it is. Well because they could, you know, uh the Vikings additions to their offensive line could work out. Fields could be a freak and it just works out, or golf in a new situation. Nah, I'm kidding, the Lions are <laughs> <laughs> but I mean the, the the Vikings, you know, winning ten games is not out of the realm of possibility. They are not a bad team. They have uh they have one of the best receivers in the in the league and another receiver with Thielen. They have a very high-end running back. They have a good decent above average game manager quarterback and they just improved a really big problem with the offensive line. So I could see them getting to 10 and 7. So you end up like 10 and 7 and the Vikings have the tiebreaker. It feels bad. But I mean, for the for yeah. the I'm just playing devil's devil's yeah. advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for the yeah. most part, I agree with you, especially at a nine and a half. If I can get a nine, and a, okay, all right. If and every everybody gets to play the Lions, dude. The Lions. Let's talk about the Lions real quick. Yeah, fucking brilliant draft. Just absolutely brilliant. They got they they made upgrades at so many parts to their roster without actually risking accidentally winning too many games <laughs> this coming season, right? They are still going to suck. They are still going to have a great draft pick next year at the top of a draft. They'll be able to pick from the quarterbacks available to be the next starting quarterback of their franchise. But at the same time, they're already going to have a little bit of a foundation in place with some solid, solid uh, players that they picked up at, uh, at, you know, at positions that you know, guys, really good players fell to them. Penny Sewell sliding to them at seven. That was a really lucky deal. Yo, yo, what do you what do you do there? You're just like, well, I guess we'll take the guy that guess probably we'll ends the, the Hall of yeah, Fame. The Hall of Fame tackle, I guess, at seven overall that we didn't have to trade for. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I the, I thought they absolutely smashed. Um, Aline uh, McNeil and uh, the uh, the Washington uh, defensive tackle Levi both Levi solid tre- solid in the trenches. Solid is in the trenches. I thought uh, uh, St. Brown, the wide receiver they scooped, has the potential to be an NFL player. Upgrades their wide receiving core already without actually risking again them winning games this year. Um, so, no, I thought they they came in with the most solid vision of long-term building out a franchise um, and, and getting assets that aren't going to accidentally win them too many games this year. So, but good even, job by them. Even, even the really, really late running back, like he was, I remember yeah, watching Jamar, one, yeah, yeah. one Beavers game. That guy, I mean, he didn't play a lot of games. I don't know if the Pac 12 just had that short of a season. I just pulled up his stats, but he had 858 in six games and six touchdowns. Like he might be a decent little, hey, guess what? We got a, you know, a bonus. He was almost, you know, Mr. What do you call it? Irrelevant. He was like third to the end. That's, yeah. I mean, you're in kicker territory. Yeah. So, but you know, good for them grabbing other teams there. are blowing capital on long snappers. 
and they they scoop a nice little running back piece. I, I completely agree with you. I thought I thought Detroit they might have won the draft in terms of just process. Like like I'm I'm I much more care about the game theory and what you're trying to do long term building a franchise and and whether you execute it well or not. And the Lions smashed in terms of yeah. <laughs> but, building but, a foundation like you, without yeah. winning without really like like you said you're not you don't have the roster where it's like oh man if we just had a really good tackle this offense yeah. would start humming immediately yeah, maybe, no maybe with maybe if you kept your if you had kept your if you had receiver, Stafford sure and, why, and well, if you had Stafford yeah, and he was throwing to Galladay maybe yeah that that's a thing but now you have Goff and you I mean you're set back in a bunch of other places but they yeah it's like long term additions some defensive linemen a really good offensive lineman and a bunch of other punts that might work out so yeah and they're probably drafting top ten again next year and that's you know good for them and really two months ago not let's say like a month ago. If you told me Sewell gets to seven, I'd have laughed. Oh, like yeah. that's back when we were thinking Sewell before Chase, Sewell before <laughs> Pitts. We we're thinking maybe even Sewell before a third quarterback. You, you know, know what else was, you have? If you're the Lions, you have enough draft capital that you've accumulated now for next year. That if the legal situation works itself out for Deshaun Watson, you could reasonably make a play for Deshaun Watson next year. And bring him to Detroit, and then all of a sudden you have like uh, maybe one of the better teams in the NFC, like like that, like you know get you know sign a, a wide receiver out of free agency, you know give up some assets for Deshaun Watson, and all of a sudden you might be pretty decent, surprisingly. Except you still have Dan Campbell, a head coach, which is the head scratcher of all of this, uh, unless that was a one year thing to make sure they get the number one overall pick, which we'll see, I guess. <laughs> but, juicy, juicy anyway. five. Real juicy over on the five. I'm guessing it's five and a half at other shops. I just have one book open. I don't think I want to touch that. They're a high. They're they're a volatile team, and I believe they're they're it stretches from like one to seven wins. Yeah, just based no, on something like fine. we don't we don't know how good the Bears will be. You know, they might sneak some wins there. I got to look at their schedule, but five. It just seems like a good number. I wouldn't touch that one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the other major takeaway I had from the draft overall. Um, we knew it last year and it has grown in my opinion, the disparity between the AFC and the NFC, the AFC is stacked. Uh, the four best teams are AFC teams. Even with Pittsburgh taking a pronounced step back, the AFC is still stacked. I guess Tampa has to be in the mix for one of the top NFL teams, top but five, I would put yes. them five and I would put Kansas city, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Buffalo ahead of them. And I thought Buffalo did not do great, but the other three teams, I think all drastically improved their situation through free agency in this draft this year. Um, and you oh, have Cleveland, certainly Cleveland did. I liked what Baltimore did. Uh, and Kansas city even got some decent, value uh and on top of that they presumably you know they presumably have something with orlando brown that's better than what they had before off offensive line so um i i mean do you have the same sort of sense that the nfc is wide open and the quality of team is a lot lower than what we have across the afc yeah no i i would agree with that and especially uh, again we go back to the rogers stuff if that happens that just i mean it's tilted that that scale hits the ground. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if all of a sudden, you know, the Broncos are a top eight team, if not better. I would, top six. Top six, yeah. They they are probably the fifth, fourth or fifth best. They might even jump Buffalo, which is tough to say because I do like a lot about Buffalo. But, man, the, all those young receivers with a really competent quarterback and the defense returning, ah, man. They, and then furthermore, like Green Bay is a top team in the NFC. And if they lose Rodgers, clearly not. The Niners might be in this mode where they start Jimmy at the start of the season and then go with a rookie or just go with a rookie and see the growing pains. There's another top team that drops down. I don't know what we're going to get from Stafford out, out on the West Coast right now. Seattle's always a bit of a wild card. You know they'll be in the mix, but again, coaching can hold them back. Uh, like I said, Minnesota is probably a middling to slightly above average team. Uh, some Saints. people have made some cases. I mean, the whole NFC East, they won't be the laughing stock that they were last year. But I still, Daniel Jones is likely not the answer. The uh, the Eagles are going to be fighting with 
you know, a young quarterback for most of the time. And, you know, the, we've talked about the Cowboys and all their problems. If they do get healthy, they can be a good team, but certainly not a top six team with that defense. And then, yeah, like the NFC South, I don't know if Pitt solves everything. If uh, we still see Matt Ryan with the issues he's had and, and the Saints are probably taking a step back. Uh, I don't know where I stand on the Panthers right now. I'd love to see Darnold play well, but uh, certainly I don't think his ceiling moving to that position is like, oh, now the Panthers can be a top 10 team. I think top half of the league would be the ceiling. So, yeah, NFC NFC is like Tampa, man. It's and it, it's Tampa yeah. Green Bay. And if and if Green Bay loses a quarterback, boy, it's it's rough. Yeah. The, the disparity between the conferences is more broad than I've ever seen it. Um, I guess, can you see the top three in the AFC playing out in pretty much any order between KC, Baltimore, and Cleveland? Or do you have a preference in how you think that goes? I'd have to look at schedules and stuff. But again, I think Kansas City's, uh, you know, their division's getting tougher outside of Oakland, even if it is. Uh, you know, they're going to go with Drew Locke or some, or t- Teddy Bridgewater is probably a step up. Like Teddy Bridgewater is a step up with those young receivers. And obviously we saw what Herbert did. So their division's a little tougher. Cleveland's getting a gift by Pittsburgh doing what they're doing. But again, Buff Baltimore's very tough. Cincinnati's putting together a young roster that can probably play some offense at least. Yeah. And uh, I guess Buffalo, I like what the Jets did in the draft. I don't think they're going to be a, big contender immediately. I don't believe in Mac Jones and my Miami, maybe a step forward. So they all kind of have their, I don't see one of those sticking their head above the other ones, as far as who they have to play in their division or that I haven't looked at, you know, complete schedules yet. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. I probably, I probably give the nod to the team with the worst quarterback. It's Cleveland out of those three. <laughs> really, really I, I right now I'm putting Josh Allen with what he can do with his legs and his physicality and his athleticism. Wasn't he like above, MVP runner-up last year? Slightly, I'm putting him above Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield still makes some bad mistakes. He's making mistakes that we would dog on, you know, Josh Allen about. And obviously, I'm putting Patty at top though. So, but still, roster-wise, overall roster-wise, I do love Cleveland, and they've got the they got through the Schneid, like they yeah. got off the they got to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. It's been so long. I would love to see them win a division. Yeah, man. Dude, the last time they won a they division, they got a coach. They got a coach. Yeah, last time they won a division, I was five. And it was wow. the AFC Central, which is not a division <laughs> anymore. <laughs> they, you know, who was it? The Oilers were in that division. They were, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, that's that's fair. I'm pretty sure the Jacksonville Jaguars won the AFC Central a couple times, <laughs> and the Browns, Browns have yet to in the in the since then. Um, I did a list of that once. It was like nine teams that had won the division <laughs> they were in. Because it was like it was like the Tennessee Oilers one time, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I, I think they're all going to be right there in that you know eleven to thirteen win range. Yeah, I want thirteen sounds like a lot, but remember we are in a seventeen game season. So Femi Femi's points not crazy. They might be slightly overrated. Like no, it might be Baker. It might be Baker. I don't know what his ceiling is, but uh, and but almost certainly. you know that they're they have the DNA of a team that would be overrated because people always want to be one step ahead of like the progression, right? And so people are kind of they're they're banking on it and they're trying to that's, be one step ahead. And that's, that's a good when segue though, overrated. too. Yes, it is. Yes. Speaking of a guy who had DNA all over his chest, he's <laughs> back this year. That doesn't get talked about a ton. Like he's he's a top player in the league. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Obi, like they missed yeah. him for a good chunk of the yeah. season. He's, I mean, he's a playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. He can hide a bad quarterback with his ability to go up and get balls. So I just like the fact that they have a good coach. They have a good coach yes. with a good offensive scheme. That's Massive. the right, you know, that's, that's, that's huge. Um, all right. That's enough NFL talk. You want to talk a little uh, evergreen? It's been 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do we, should we push it to Wednesday? Maybe. Yeah, I, I think we do. I, okay. I apologize. Somebody asked me about this. So, uh, 
and I said, maybe I, somebody yeah. DM me it's, and I'd gotten some questions about this before. We'll, we'll tease it. We'll, we'll, we will do it Wednesday. You know what? Um, somebody asked me some questions about outs and betting and some of, and I've had a lot of questions over the years of the difference between this kind of, you know, the legal books, the offshores, the PPHs, your country club bookie, what you should be doing, how you should be approaching that. Uh, you know, the pitfalls of certain things. I think that's probably deserves its own episode. And yeah, we did. Okay. We we're just, we're NFL guys at heart. And here we go. 50 minutes on the NFL. Like, well, let's, let's, let's put a bow on this then with one more NFL topic that I want to get your sure. opinion on. Um, I don't know. Have you made any bets for the NFL 2021 season yet? You got I anything? Just tried, I just tried rebetting the um, Raiders under. It will not let me. <laughs> I'm looking for more. No, I'm so, <laughs> they, besides, they besides, the yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah, besides, it said 61 um, seconds, but besides getting cute <laughs> with uh, the Broncos, um, I'm, I'm laying off regular season win totals for the most part this year because you never know. But okay, I am, sure. you know, Raider, I did bet some Raiders seven and a half. Sure. I, I bet some under seven. And yeah, here's here's the guy. It was uh, me, Scout. Andy. Yeah. So, Scout, yeah. I'd, I'd love to give mm-hmm. it a full episode. So, yeah, Wednesday yeah, we evening will. we'll hit on that. But um, I am to going to these. get, yeah. I'm going to get deep into these rookie of the year markets over the next few days. I think we'll touch on those next week. I don't think we're going to see massive movement in those. So defensive and offensive rookie of the year. I love getting involved in those, trying to get a bigger number on a few guys. Um, But yeah, besides the Raiders and the Broncos, apparently I'm only betting one division. I didn't do anything cute with uh, the Packers yet or anything like that. I don't love Super Bowl bets for the most part. I think regular season stuff, I'm going to start digging in and running some stuff and talking to my math guy about this. And we need to start figuring out the extra odds of someone getting hurt with an extra game okay. and getting that distribution built out. Because I think there's going to be some massive overreaction on regular player prop totals to the overs. Like, oh, okay. man, he's got 17 games. Like, yeah, what if it's a good team? Like, seventeen a 17-game season can also mean someone clinching that much earlier. So a bunch and, of this, a bunch of this meaningless sharp, games. You know, the first player props they hung were the rookie stuff. And yes, a bunch of sharp, sharp, sharp money, all unders. Immediately. All of it. Um, so that's not crazy. I, I, I buy that. Um, especially some of these guys where they landed, some of the situations they're in. Uh, and one of those guys that I want your opinion on is Mr. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars who find themselves with a new head coach in Urban Meyer and a completely revamped roster in terms of offensive playmakers. Trevor Lawrence is the most bona fide, true blue, 100% going to make it quarterback prospect we've seen since Andrew Luck. And he is taking on a division in the AFC South that looks pretty soft. All that glowing AFC talk, we didn't even br- take, take a breath on the AFC South because the Texans are an afterthought, the Titans are huge regression candidates, and the Colts have installed Carson Wentz and have kind of squandered their last couple drafts, in my opinion. So the number was good enough for me to get involved early here on the Jaguars to win the NFC South. Uh, do you have a general feel as to whether I made a good bet here? Jags at 11 to one. I feel like you made a good bet. If we really do break it down to the, you know, people say, Oh, the Jags can't win the division. Ah, They could probably win it more than 8% of the time, just with everything going on. Like it's basically, you need the Titans to have a down year. Because I can't see the Wentz thing working out all that well, even with much better coaching. I don't. I think he's just broken. Obviously, the the Texans are probably the probably the underbelly of this division now, which sucks. Like I love Deshaun Watson. I I don't love the legal trouble we're seeing right now. I don't love what I'm hearing about him. But you know, I I loved that team a couple of years ago. It was it was fun watching them play and it sucks what's happened to them. So I don't believe in yeah, I don't believe in the Colts right now to win ten games. I don't believe in the tight or Texans to win five. And I guess it's really weighing how often can they finish with more wins than the Titans. You need a down year because 
what what's the true ceiling for Trevor Lawrence has like a great rookie season. This offense comes alive. The defense plays okay. What 10 wins, 10 and seven. Yeah. Like they have an easy he, schedule. It, it's, yeah, it's, schedule. A, it's a last place. It's a last place schedule. They were able to add, you know, ho- what hopefully is a franchise quarterback. They had some pieces. It's tough. Like, I think you got a good number. I think anything at 10 to under is not playable. Like if it's over 10 to one, yeah, they, they can probably win this division 10, 10 to 12% of the time, if not a little more. Okay. They get, they draw Maybe 15. Yeah. I, th- yeah. 10 wins. Uh, I think nine and eight can win it personally. Yeah. That's what I said. You need, you need the Titans to have eight or nine wins. You get nine of the tiebreaker, or the Titans finish eight and nine. So, like, it's a bad division. That's where I, I yeah, their ceiling isn't super high, but the rest of the division's floor is so low. And again, I don't think the Titans' ceiling is 12, 13 wins. I think yeah. the Titans are going to land between that seven to 11 wins. Right. And if you can catch them in the right year, yeah, it, getting it at, I mean, is that about 8%? What do we got? Yeah. So, 11 to yeah. one, you one, over, 10 to one over 12. One over 12, yep. Um, it is down to seven to one at a couple of the sharper shops that have numbers up. So that is an indication that I made a good bet. Um, man, Colts are plus 100 Tennessee Titans plus 135. My God, I might just need to go get some Tennessee. No, I'm worried. Colts at 10 wins. Uh, and I think somebody just said this in the chat too. Yeah. Femi, Femi's been all Femi loves his NFL. He's here yeah. for it. Um, uh, yeah, I could see it under ten. Um, I mean, because under ten, Carson, even I, money I, there you know, too. The the Carson Wentz experience was such a nightmare last year. <laughs> As someone who bet a number of advantage spots that the Eagles had on their schedule, and he absolutely could not convert. Um, it was uh, that I'm sold. Uh, coaching, no, nice job, Brian. Brian Mullins. He, uh, he scooped me on price. I didn't get 14 to 1. Damn, I should have been looking in February. Um, but yeah, no, I think it, the Jags get it done. They're going to have to get it done with offense. They're going to have to score some boards. Uh, I like Urban Meyer's system for an NFL team. What's, what's your Urban Meyer uh, temperature? I liked it a lot better before we talked about Etienne. Yeah, that was a weird pick. That didn't that didn't sit that well with me. Well, not only that. not only the weird pick, but how he described it. Like, yeah, that's our third down back. Motherfucker, that was a first round pick. What are you doing? Yeah, that that was a real questionable pick. What I guess just in the moment, did you have another guy on the board who you're like, wow, they could get blank? And no, I mean he was the safety was mocked to him a lot, and a couple other players. Like they have needs all over the board. I just didn't think in any way, shape, or form, a running back was really that high on the table for them. So I was I was a little surprised there, although I did have over one and a half running backs at a plus number. So I, I thought I was catching that with Tampa or somebody right before them, maybe Buffalo. So uh, it was nice, but at the same time, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a head scratcher. They have needs everywhere. Like yeah. running back should be low on that list. I was happy Rashad Bateman fell to the Ravens. Um, yes, I love that match. I love that match. I guess there really wasn't anyone else. I was like, man, they should have taken blank. So I don't know. They don't. Yeah, I don't know. They really needed. They could have taken the the uh, tackle that the Bears ended up getting. Uh, Tevin Jenkins. Uh, I, I would have like. I would like to protect Trevor Lawrence. I'd like to keep him healthy. <laughs> like like a ten year career plus out of this guy. Um, but uh, yeah, that's maybe my only question mark about their offense is the ability to pass protect. I mean, a big hard agree on that as far as like there wasn't a guy where it's like, oh man, if they could have only got this guy, maybe they're really a team to be reckoned with now. Because like that safety, that doesn't move the needle for anybody. That's not exciting. But I mean, their needs were just everywhere where they could have taken almost anything else. I mean, just uh, like even Bateman, like take a receiver. Take another offensive lineman. Take a corner. I mean, all those were needs. Even if even if they'd have just taken like Newsom, Newsom was right after that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it went Newsom. It went Newsom. Yeah. Bait, Bateman, um, Stokes. I would have been fine with any of that. Yeah, they ended up getting uh, Tyson Campbell, CB one in round two. So, 
That's yeah. fine. Um, all right. Well, I can't wait for the NFL to come back, man. <laughs> I know I miss it. Mike, oh, Mayock, yeah, man. we will. We will have more. At no, least you one, know what? At least one episode every week will be a little bit of NFL because we have regular season win totals we can dive into. We have these rookie of the year props. We have MVP props are up. We're going to have more and more of these season long, uh, you know, what are you, stat props, whatever you want to call them, yardage, touchdowns, interceptions, all those. Where, yeah, the schedule, Femi says the schedule's out on May 12th. Nice. We're going to know a lot more about the schedule. You know, the, the real schedule breakdown will be in like July, August when we get the charts. Drew makes the charts. Yeah. Uh, um, God damn it. I had one other question I was going to ask you and now I forgot. Was it, can the Washington football team win the NFC? I this will be my closing point. Sure. I'd, I Rogers aside because let's say that's a small chance but you have to weigh it as part of your equation. If really we think Tampa Bay is the only really good team in the NFC, <clears throat> I don't hate taking some long shots stabs at teams to win the NFC on a team that has a Big distribution. We're talking a team yes. that might stink if it doesn't work with the new quarterback or the new quarterback, new coach, new offensive coordinator, new draft class, yeah. new free agents. If you think like this might click and this team, uh, 2018 Bears, the, again, they didn't they didn't win the NFC, yeah. but they were, I remember I had a 50 to one ticket on that team, broke my heart, the double doink. But that team was good enough to win the NFC, and they were 50-1 to preseason. There are going to be teams that are in the 20-50 to range that have a damn shot at getting into the playoffs, and from there, you don't know. Yeah, Washington, 25-1 to to win the NFC. Falcons, 28-1 to to win the NFC are the two that stand out like a like glaringly. Like, like that is – those numbers are uh, are ripe for sure. Um, All right, man. yeah, I remember what I was gonna say. It was just you know when we should have got you know when we should have gotten a clue that Mike Mike Mayock might not been might not be the guy. Uh, leading up to his first draft, all of the stories were about how he was he was conducting these really professional practices where they were preparing for the draft and they had everybody you know was you know they went different order one different people were picking one two and three and then he was on the clock four and he put his pick in and he was practicing and it was going to be a his first draft was going to be so solid and so good yeah, it was like a mock un i didn't understand yeah. that and then uh and then he took cleveland farrell yep fourth overall <laughs> that's when we should have kind of figured out that he might not be the guy uh, with I that. remember thinking like, oh man, what does Mayock know about this guy? <laughs> and then watch it. And then, but because I, I was still incepted, yeah. like he's a good GM. He, he's smart. He's such a good draft savant. So well and then you watch it, yeah. you watch him play and like, oh no, he's, this is just turned out bad. They had yeah. three first round picks that year. How many of them are still on the team? Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter if they are or not. None of them are good. Yikes. All right. Well. That's enough bagging on Mayak. I'm sure he's feeling the pressure from every which way right now. Ready to call it? Yeah, I think so. They got right. rugs last year. That was fun, at least. Is over under rugs is the sixth and a half best wide receiver of last year's class. I mean, yeah, he's in there, but he's fun. <laughs> oh, over or under. Is he in the top six or not? He is. I'm putting him at six. Who are you leaving out? Justin Jefferson. All right. CD Lamb. I'll put, him, I'll put Lamb. I will yep. put Judy. Judy. Yep. I will put, ah, man, I don't know where Pittman falls in. I'm putting him ahead of Rager. I'm putting him ahead of Ayuk. That's fine. That's fine. I'm putting him ahead of Chase Claypool, considering really? the situation. Considering really? the situation. Okay. Considering the situation now. So, T. like, Higgins? Yeah, he's. Yeah, I mean he's right there. He's it's like a mess at five and six. There's like eight guys. Tyler Johnson. There are, but yeah, there's there's a well, even like Michael Pittman and you know there, there's yeah, yeah. there's a bunch of people. Lavishka Chenault. There's a bunch of people you make a case for. But we really have been trying to put a bow on this for like ten minutes. So yeah, okay. yeah, the Raiders stink. So the, yeah, the Raiders three picks that year were. Can you name all three? I'm looking it up right now. I can't think uh, of the third right now. Boy. One of them was the safety. 
Uh, and then I, uh, I can't think I can't think of his name. Whatsoever. Was it the running back? They took the running back also. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Oh, was that? I couldn't no, think no, of, that, that, yeah, I don't know yeah. if it was it that year. Yes, it was Jacobs at 22, 24. Oh, and then, and then uh, I couldn't think of Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was a bad. That was bad. What are you gonna do? So yeah. All right, we'll be back. We'll be back on Wednesday, and we will do our talking about outs for yeah. our guy. All right, man. Talk to you then. Dude, what the shit happened to Bitcoin while we were recording? Oh my god. It fluctuates, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but why in the world do people wait till the daily close and then just absolutely market dump? They do it during our uh, show so they know. They know I'm asleep at the wheel and I can't play defense. <laughs> <laughs>